a desert planet with twin suns. Why do I sense we've picked up another pathetic life form? Use my knowledge. Much to learn, you still have. Welcome back to Twin Sun Talks, folks. I'm your host, Jonah Liu. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, so today we got a couple things going on. Uh, the main topic of this episode is uh, profiling Boba Fett, and the reasoning for that is going to be expressed later. But first off, I have a few things that I've watched recently that I'd like to review, so let's hop into I Have Spoken. I Have Spoken. Alrighty, so there are four things that I'm wanting to review today. The first of which, and this is something that I've been promising that I do for a while now, is Visions. Uh, so Visions, for those of you who don't know, is uh, a Star Wars anime project that just got released a couple weeks ago, and it's non-canon, and I'm actually going to just be giving a very brief review, and it's going to be very not specific, because this Friday I'm having my very first edition of The Ability to Speak Does Not Make You Intelligent, um, which is going to be with one of my roommates, John Grimes, and one of our friends, Hamza Alasadi. And uh, essentially, we're going to be going more in-depth about each episode and our favorite parts, but I didn't want to devote an entire episode to that, so that's why we're doing it then. Uh, so yeah, stay tuned this Friday if you want to learn more about that. Um, but I will say that I really enjoyed Visions overall. I thought that it was a great addition to the Star Wars mythos. Once again, it's not canon, so no need to get kind of tied up over whether or not some of the stuff ruins the franchise or not. I think that it was uh, really well done for the most part. I think that anybody... I would recommend it to anybody, really. Um, maybe skip episodes, a few episodes here and there, but if you want to see my rankings for them, uh, you can check out my uh, the Instagram at Talks, or you can check out the website com slash twin-sun. They're up there as well. Uh, so, yeah, if you're if you're interested in that at all, I would highly recommend checking that out. Um, the first episode's really amazing. So, uh, yeah, I would highly recommend diving into that. The next two things I have to talk about are books. Uh, I've read two of the Old Republic novels, um, and I've really enjoyed them. So, uh, the first one, which I enjoyed arguably less, although it was still pretty interesting, was called... Uh, Star Wars The Old Republic Fatal Alliance. Um, and so I, it's kind of hard for me to talk about this without giving too much away, but you you have the perspective of several different individuals. Uh, one is a Jedi Padawan, one is a Sith Apprentice, and one is uh, kind of a, uh, a... He's working for the Sith Empire, but he's a spy within the Republic. And so it's following those three characters and kind of seeing how they overlap. Um, and this is set obviously during the times of the Old Republic with Satil Shan, and this is thousands of years before um, the uh, the Skywalker saga takes place. Uh, if you've played the game Knights of the Old Republic, it's loosely based on some of those characters. It's really really awesome. Uh, I it, it's a bit that book's a bit that was a bit slow for me. Um, so. I, if you if you have interest in that time period, I'd recommend it, but it's not one of my favorite Star Wars books I've read. But the next one was called Star Wars The Old Republic Revan. And man, oh man, do I recommend um, 
reading this book. It's really, really incredible. But I will say it might be a little confusing if you don't know much about Revan as a character beforehand. Now, I do. And Revan is a character that I had heard a lot about, but I kind of thought was a little overrated. Um, but after reading this book, I got to say, I think that people's opinion of him are pretty spot on. Uh, he is a really, really interesting character. This is once again set thousands of years before the Skywalker saga, and it's following him after he has been redeemed. Now, a little bit about Revan. He was one of the most uh, prominent and powerful Jedi within the Order. He uh, kind of led a splinter group off to fight the Ma Mandalorians after they were conquering a lot of territory in the Outer Rim. Uh, he eventually defeated the Mandalorians, went to the Unknown Regions, got turned to the dark side, became a Sith, became Darth Revan. Uh, eventually, this is the Spark Notes version, the bare bones of his story. He eventually, after wreaking a lot of havoc, uh, got redeemed by the Jedi and had his memories wiped. And this story focuses on what he did after his memories were wiped. And it's super, super cool. And I think that what I liked about this one more than the other one was that it was a single storyline. Uh, it was more contained to a set group of characters rather than like spread across several different uh, points of view, which kind of got a little hard to follow. But I would highly, highly recommend that book. Uh, maybe I can do another episode about Revan and other ancient Sith if you'd like before you dive into that. Uh, none of this is canon, neither Fatal Alliance or Revan, unfortunately, but they're still super, super interesting, and I would highly recommend uh, Revan. I would highly recommend Revan, and if you're still interested in that time period, I would also recommend Fatal Alliance. It's a very interesting concept. Um, but just wasn't quite as compelling to me. Uh, I'm, I've started the Darth Bane trilogy now, so I'm super excited to keep going with that. I'm enjoying it so far. Um, but yeah, more on my reading later. Ba the Bane trilogy is unfortunately also not canon, but, you know, say la vie. Um, but yeah, I can definitely do an episode about ancient Sith like Revan and Nihilus and Malak and all of them uh, down the line, so stay tuned for that. Uh, lastly... I have uh, to review, I have Lego Star Wars Terrifying Tales, which is the Halloween special, because spooky season is upon us. Um, I mean, there's not too much to say about this, I just wanted to mention it. But it is a fun, lighthearted, not canon, obviously, story told uh, in Lego Star Wars animation, which is always just a fun time. I mean, it's 100% for kids. It's not meant to be taken seriously, but there are some fun tidbits thrown in there. Um, essentially, like it's almost like a what if episode for those of you Marvel fans out there. Like a couple of them are like, what if Luke joined the Empire and stuff like that. Like it was, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, and there are a couple of interesting implications as far as like directions for future canon like discussing ancient sith and stuff like that go uh so i mean i don't know i wouldn't necessarily recommend watching it but it's it's a fun it's a fun watch if you want something on in the background to kind of keep you entertained for 45 minutes um but yeah that's all that i have for i have spoken uh and so now before i dive into arc trooper training the reason that i'm profiling boba fett today is because Book of Boba Fett finally got a release date, and it's going to be on Wednesday, December 29th. 
which is super exciting. And it's pretty late, honestly. It's later than I was expecting it to be. But, man, I'm, I'm super, super excited because that means it's going to take us basically to March. It's going to be two months. Um, so I'm, I cannot express how excited I am for this because mainly I'm super excited to see whether or not uh, Mace Windu is still alive, and I, I have an inkling that he is. Um, but that being said, there are going to be spoilers for both The Mandalorian and The Bad Batch in this next uh, segment. So if you haven't watched either of those, obviously there are going to be spoilers for like Clone Wars and some of the movies and pretty much all of my episodes from here on out. I've kind of given up on giving warnings for those at this point. Um, so if you haven't watched Clone Wars and stuff, I would just assume that there are going to be some mild spoilers here and there in this uh, podcast from here on out. But I can't really give a spoiler warning before each episode, so I'm just kind of covering the more recent media at this point. But there are going to be some of that. Uh, so just keep that in mind, and let's dive into ARC Trooper training. Gentlemen, who wants to be an ARC Trooper? I do, sir! Alrighty, so I'm going to go into uh, sort of a history of Boba Fett first, and then I'm going to go into more of a, like a list of factoids about him. Uh, so... Boba Fett in his prime was considered one of the most infamous and prestigious bounty hunters in the galaxy. Uh, originally, Boba is one of two uh, unaltered clones of the original donor of the Republic clone army uh, named Jango Fett. And so he, his original codename was Alpha, later named Boba, and uh, his counterpart was a female Jango Fett clone named Omega, as we meet in The Bad Batch. Um, he, uh, Boba was raised by Django as a son, which when you think about it, it's kind of weird because he's technically like almost like a twin, but also his son, kind of whack, but anyways, um, and he trained him as a bounty hunter. Uh, so at a very young age, uh, Boba was already a very skilled combatant as well as a good sharpshooter, which is pretty wild. Um, Django was hired by the Separatist Alliance to kill Senator Padme Amidala and then after a space battle with Obi-Wan Kenobi over Geonosis, uh, Jango was slain by Mace Windu during the first battle of Geonosis. He was decapitated. Um, and Boba watched this entire thing happen, uh, which caused a newfound hatred for the Jedi within him. Because there's this really sad shot in Attack of the Clones of Boba like picking up his father's decapitated head. It's, it's almost it's very dramatic. Like, it's absolutely disturbing um but afterwards boba joins a new bounty hunter team led by aura singh now aura singh was kind of the pasty tall uh almost skeletal um woman who's a bounty hunter she had like the bald head with a single ponytail and she used a really big sniper rifle you see her briefly in the phantom medicine and she's in Cad Bane's uh, group of bounty hunters that takes over the Senate at the end of Season 1 of the Clone Wars. But this all happens at the end of Clone Wars Season 2. And um, Boba nearly kills Windu on an un undercover infiltration to kill him. Like, that was the whole purpose of his infiltration. But he fails, and then Boba is ultimately captured uh, by the Republic in the aftermath. And after he is released from Republic custody, he forms his own crew of bounty hunters called the Crate's Claw, uh, named after the Crate Dragon, 
uh, as found on Tatooine, um, which we see in Mandalorian season one, or no, say season two, episode one. Um, <clears throat> uh, he eventually begins to wear uh, Mandalorian armor like his father. Um, during the Imperial era, uh, he begins to build a legendary reputation. He frequently works for Jabba the Hutt, as well as Darth Vader and the Empire on occasion. And Boba is actually the one who told Darth Vader the name of the man who destroyed the Death Star, which is Skywalker, which Vader took very, very poorly. Because one thing that people don't realize is that Vader and Anakin Skywalker are basically two completely different people. It's almost like multiple personality disorder. But Vader hated Anakin Skywalker. And so hearing that the Death Star was destroyed by Skywalker really struck a nerve with him. But Boba was the one that told him that. And then another big prominent job that we see him do uh, is that he tracks the Millennium Falcon after the Battle of Hoth and, deli- and captures and delivers Han Solo uh, to Jabba the Hutt and Carbonite. And one thing that I don't have on this list, but that's super interesting, is that if you remember in A New Hope, Episode 4, um, Luke goes home to the um, Lars homestead, and uh, he finds his aunt and uncle have been burned alive. Um, and... It's not, I don't know if it's officially canon or not, but Boba is uh, allegedly the one that um, incinerated Owen and Beru Lars, uh, and he was the one that was hunting for the missing Death Star plans that were in R2-D2 and C-3PO. It's not confirmed as canon, but that's a, like, kind of uh, a Star Wars, another con- Star Wars conspiracy. Uh, if you remember my episode about all of the Star- different Star Wars theory- uh, theories and conspiracies that uh, float around the internet. But that I think that that's kind of interesting. And then that kind of gives um, the line that Vader tells him in uh, Empire Strikes Back a little more gravity, wherever he says, no disintegrations this time. Uh I could be like he had maybe told Boba not to kill the Lars's if he find found them, and then he did anyways just because that was easier. Um, but anyways, I digress. That that's just a little tangent. But that's another thing is that Boba was is in that iconic lineup of bounty hunters, and then he ends up being the one uh, in Empire Strikes Back that Vader hires, and then he ends up being the one to track the Millennium Falcon. Yada yada yada. Um, so. Uh, after Han Solo's rescue is thwarted, Boba falls into the Sarlacc pit when Luke Skywalker's execution goes awry. So the Sarlacc pit is that uh, big uh, tentacle-armed thing that's in the Tatooine Dune Sea that Jabba tries to shove uh, Luke, Han, and Chewie into to be digested for a thousand years, uh, and Boba accidentally falls into it. When his jetpack is hit from behind and, and malfunctions and kind of throws him off the side of the Sandskiff. Um, in Mandalorian Season 2, it is revealed that Boba's armor was in the hands of Cobb Vanth, the Marshal of uh, Mos Pelgo, I believe. Um, and he obtained it from some Jawas. Boba himself had escaped the Sarlacc, though how is unknown, and enlisted the help of Fennec Shand. 
He and Fennec Shand assist in Jaren in fighting the Empire and rescuing Grogu from their clutches. And then in a post credit scene in the last episode of The Mandalorian Season 2, we see uh, Boba return to the late Jabba's palace and kill Major Domo Bib Fortuna to take his place on the throne of the Star Wars Underworld. And then that's the last that we saw him, and then we got a teaser for The Book of Boba Fett, which once again is coming out December 29th of this year, 2021, and I could not be more excited for it. Um, so obviously I'll have more information about Boba after this is done, but um, I just wanted to give y'all a little bit of uh, kind of a framework for who we're dealing with here. This is one of the most notorious bounty hunters who has ever lived in this galaxy, son of and the son of one, or the clone of one. Uh, so speaking of with, this is just going to be uh, the little factoids that I have about Boba. Uh, first of all, Django is a Mandalorian uh, by birth. I went over that in my comprehensive history of the Mandalorians uh, back. Uh, this is at the very beginning. This is like episode 12. Um, and Bo Boba is technically one by birthright, technically, I think, just based on the fact that Din let him keep the armor. Uh, but he doesn't live by the Mandalorian Codex, and Bo-Katan doesn't consider him one, as seen in Mandalorian Season 2, so I'm not entirely sure. But his mentors included Drango, Aura Singh, and Cad Bane, uh, and to an extent, Hondo Onaka, who was a friend of Django's, who kind of took him under his wing a little bit and helped him uh, kind of cooperate with the Jedi. Um... He works closely with Bosk, who's the Trandoshan. He's a lizard guy, very cool. Once again, my dad's favorite character, shout out to him. Um, but uh, we see that a lot in the Clone Wars, so hopefully we see him in Book of Boba Fett. Um, he's equipped with Beskar armor, a jetpack, and a rangefinder with wrist rockets, a flamethrower, and many other forms of weaponry. He is outfitted to the max. And then he his ship is uh, called Slave One, which is a modified fire spray 31 class patrol and attack craft um it was passed down to him from his father uh which we so we see it in use both in episode two attack the clones as well as in the uh original trilogy episode five empire strikes back uh and it was passed down to him once again by his father it's outfitted with numerous weapons including the iconic seismic charges which are the ones that that like the blue rings that go like they, they like suck in all the sound and they go burn outwards which you see him used against obi-wan over genosis and then we also see them used uh in the mandalorian which was awesome it was such a cool moment um but yeah that's all that i have about boba that's uh the extent of my profile of him let me know if i forgot or missed anything uh, you can email me twinsuntalks at gmail.com dm me on instagram at twinsuntalks or you can um, uh, comment on YouTube, uh, Twin Sun Talks podcast. Uh, but that's all that I have, but this wouldn't be a proper episode if I didn't leave y'all with a little bit more. Yeah. Staying on theme for Boba. Uh, Boba Fett was originally going to be a special kind of Stormtrooper commando, super commando. He was going to have all white armor, uh, and I mean, honestly, it looks pretty freaking sleek. Uh, so the Mandalorian Super Commandos scene in Rebels are kind of based off of that. Um, but he was also going to be the main villain in Return of the Jedi with plans for a follow-up trilogy after that. And so the follow-up trilogy, like the Emperor, was going to be more of the main villain there. 
Uh, so essentially, we were going to get the sequel trilogy back when Star Wars was actually being made, but then he ended up going with the prequel trilogy instead. Um, so, yeah, that's all that I have for today's episode. Um, I hope that y'all enjoyed it. Once again, stay tuned this Friday uh, for my very first edition of The Ability to Speak Does Not Make You Intelligent uh, with John Grimes and Hamza Al-Asadi. It's going to be a great time. I hope that y'all listen and enjoy it. Um, but yeah, that's all that I have. You've taken your first steps into a larger world. May the force be with you, and I will see y'all in the next episode. Bye, friends.